come to the seashore. Like the searching for the rich nor the wise, desiring only that I should follow. O oh Lord, with your eyes set upon me, gently smiling, you have spoken my name. the 2019 Abbey Summer School in Edinburgh. Malcolm is chaplain of Girton College in Cambridge and has written several books of poetry.
Here he reads his sonnet about the saint who left Ireland and came to Iona, Columba. I experienced something of a, an epiphany, a sudden sense of connectedness and intuition, uh, standing on the shore at Glen Columkeela, from whence Columba set sail for Iona. Um, I stood there when I was 19, and not a believer at the time, but I suddenly felt um, called and drawn by something about this saint, whose name, Colm, is also woven into mine. Malcolm. So, Columba. You called me, and I came to Colum Keeler to learn at last the meaning of my name. Though you yourself were called and not the caller, he called through you, and when he called, I came. Came to the edge at last in Donegal, where bonfires burned and music lit the flame, as from the shore I glimpsed that ragged sail, the spirit filled to drive you from your home, a fierce dove racing in a fiercer gale, a swift wing flashing between sea and sky. And with that glimpse, I knew that I would fly and find you out and serve you for a season, my heaven hidden like your native isle, though somehow glimmering on each horizon.
Peggy Seeger's musical career spans six and a half decades. Since the age of 17, she's been writing, performing and recording songs non-stop. Earlier this year, at the age of 86, she released her latest album of folk music. Peggy tells Michael Barclay about her complex 30-year love affair with Ewan McCall. Together, they produced more than 40 albums and three very musical children. She starts by talking about the influence of her mother, who died at the age of 53. It may sound strange to say, but I would have not become the person that I am, and I probably would not be recording for you now, today, if she hadn't died when I was 18. It was catastrophic for the family. It was horrendous for me. I became the head of the family. My father was lost. Uh, she has traveled with me, inside me, for all of my life. But for the last 10 or 15 years, even more so. Because, I mean, I wrote a poem for my mother. Uh, it's very short, called My Mother is Younger Than Me. She died at 53. It talks about... I am now 30 years older than ever she had a chance to be. So I'm, in a way, living her old age for her because she would have been an amazing composer once she had added her knowledge of folk music to her knowledge of classical music. But if she had not died, I would never have come to Europe. My mother wouldn't have loosed me on Europe at age 20 the way my father did. Peggy, you left the prestigious Radcliffe College and moved to Europe when you were 20. Shortly afterwards, you met Ewan McCall in London, who was 20 years your senior. But it wasn't straightforward by any means, because he was married with a child. Indeed, his wife became pregnant with her second child, the late singer Kirsty McCall, while you were expecting your first son, Neil, with Ewan. So this must have been... To put it mildly, a very difficult time for all of you. <laughs> yeah, uh, it it caused me great grief at the time, but she turned out to be an extraordinary woman, Kirsty, extraordinary composer. I love her music, but uh, it was a very full and productive uh, thirty years. We finally got together in 1959 after I stopped running away from him, and. We were together until he died in 1989. That's 30 years. It was an amazing three decades. Exciting, really, really exciting creativity. Yeah, and not only musically, because you had Neil, Callum and Kitty, didn't you? Yep. <laughs> My blessings. <laughs> My blessings. Ewan's rather tricky elderly mother lived with you in your house in London and you had an endless procession of musicians, friends staying and very little money. She was impossible. It was only possible to survive it in the very crowded upper two storeys of an old Victorian house because Ewan and I went away to tour. We were away a lot. I could go away and, and, and recover from it. But I never questioned but that she should live with us. 
I was her best friend, but she didn't want a friend. She wanted an adversary to fight with. Well, despite threats from the US State Department that you'd lose your passport or even go to jail, you went to both China and Russia in the 1950s at the height of the Cold War. How did the lives of the ordinary people in those countries strike you? Well, I didn't meet many ordinary people, uh, not really. But when I was in Russia, I was actually singing. I was deputed over to Minsk to sing. The Russians kept us there and used us to go and sing in some of these places. And I'll tell you, some of the, some of the, the devastation in these towns was unbelievable. But I didn't, I didn't get the same feeling from Russia that I got from China. China, I got tremendous feelings of hope and joy. Russia, everybody seemed so down. You know, it's just, this was 12 years after the end of the war. My friends walked us around Moscow, all of the areas that we never would have found on our own. And they were still in the Middle Ages. They were still in the Middle Ages. Well, music which takes us to Russia, the sound of an Orthodox choir. It's absolutely visceral. It hits the body. It makes you just tremble. Uh, there's no instruments. I sometimes play this on Sunday morning. And the continual bass is like the graph paper on a cardiograph, and the heartbeat runs above it. It is Meet and Write with the Chamber Choir of Orthodox Sacred Music directed by Valery Petrov. Just another winter's day 
Joy of every law 
Sorensen is Church of Scotland Ministry in Greenock. Alan is a regular contributor to Pause for Thought on Radio 2. Alan's given us permission to broadcast some of his shorter God spots, and today he tells us to lighten up. So how many brain surgeons, nuclear scientists, heads of state do you normally get on a local train? Eh, not a lot. But there must have been some of them on my train yesterday. You see, the train was a couple of minutes late in leaving, and the folk behind me were muttering, grumbling, complaining. It was, for them, the end of the world. They must have had a dying patient at the end of the line, or an imminent nuclear accident, or something like that to deal with. I could see that the delay was actually caused by the staff having great difficulty in getting a profoundly disabled person onto the train. When will we learn that the entire universe is not there simply to serve us? And whatever did we do before we had watches to tell us we were now exactly two minutes late? Come on, lighten up. High speed blessings to you. Doodaloo the new. Jeremy Irons has recorded the Psalms from the authorised version of the Bible. Today we hear Jeremy reading Psalm 124. And it's followed by Christus Factus Est by Felici Anerio, sung by the Platinum Consort, conducted by Scott Inglis Kidger. If it had not been the Lord who was on our side, now may Israel say, if it had not been the Lord who was on our side when men rose up against us, then they had swallowed us up quick when their wrath was kindled against us. Then the waters had overwhelmed us. The stream had gone over our soul. Then the proud waters had gone over our soul. Blessed be the Lord, who hath not given us as a prey to their teeth. Our soul is escaped as a bird out of the snare of the fowlers. The snare is broken and we are escaped. Our help is in the name of the Lord, who made heaven and earth.
came to earth not to be served, but gave his life to be a ransom for many. The Son of God, the Son of Man, he shed our pain and bore our sins in his body. King of kings, Lord of lords, I lift my voice in praise. Such amazing love, but I do believe this king has died for me. Stand a broken soul to know the pain that I have brought to Jesus, and yet each heart will be consoled to be made new. The joy of all believers, and from now on. Looking back, but giving praise for all my Lord has done for this believer, King of Kings, God of Lords. I lift my voice in praise, such amazing love, but I do. Larry and Judy Gentis live in Kirk Michael and belong to Pilochry Baptist Church. Today, Judy imagines herself to be Elizabeth, 
wife of the priest Zachariah and cousin of Mary. Who says dreams can't come true? I'm still reeling from the impact. My name is Elizabeth and I'm not as young as I once was. My husband, Zacharias, is a good man and we've been married for a long, long time. Both of us had looked forward to having a family when we started out, but it just didn't happen. I never blamed God, but I was quite sad as the years rolled by. But then one day, everything changed. My husband was one of the priests who looked after things in the temple. Each year, one of them got chosen to service the inner room. That's called the Holy of Holies. It was a great honor, but there were serious consequences if anybody entered into it without a clean heart. They actually tie a cord around an ankle and walk with bells on their robes so that if the worst should happen, they could be pulled out without risking death themselves. It had happened once before. This time, my husband was chosen. I waited anxiously for his return. But he took such a long, long time, and when he arrived, he couldn't speak. Something had happened, but it was not easy to know what it was. He was very excited and in remarkably good humor, considering he was now mute. I wondered if it was permanent. Eventually, he made me understand that he had actually seen an angel. Well, we went back home and life appeared to return to normal. Zacharias had always been very affectionate, but now he seemed a little bit more so since his visit into the temple. By now, of course, I'd even stopped hoping for a child. I was getting much, much too old. And then one day, I suddenly felt, how to describe it, just different. I'd never felt like this before. A bit nauseous when I first woke up in the morning and kind of tingly around my chest. My appetite suddenly increased and I found myself craving things that I had never wanted before. And some smells, which had never bothered me before, suddenly made me feel quite sick. One of my neighbors came visiting and she realized immediately what it was. You guessed it, I was pregnant. My cousin Mary heard the news and she came from her village to our hill country in Judah to visit me. She too had had a very strange story to tell and she too was pregnant. She told me that she had seen an angel who had told her that she was going to be the mother of our long-awaited Messiah. It was amazing! When she walked through the door, I was in my sixth month by then, my baby leapt in the womb for joy, and I was suddenly filled with the Holy Spirit, and I cried out joyfully to Mary, saying, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And how has it happened to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting reached my ears, the babe leapt in my womb for joy. Blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what had been spoken to her by the Lord. Mary stayed with me right up until the time my baby was due. I had nothing to compare it to because I'd never had a child before, but it seemed a good birth, although there was pain like I had never seen it before. But I had a beautiful little boy. On the eighth day after his birth, we took him to the temple to be circumcised according to the law of Moses and to be given a name. Before this, my husband Zacharias had written on a tablet for me to say that his name was to be called John. The priest in the temple were going to name him Zacharias after his father, but I intervened and said, no, his name has to be John. 
They didn't want to agree to this because there was no family connection to that name. But I wouldn't give in and neither would they. So they made signs to his father as to what he wanted the child to be called. And my husband wrote on a tablet and this is what he wrote. His name is John. And at that very moment, he started to speak again. And this is what he said. Blessed be the Lord God of Israel, for he has visited us and accomplished redemption for his people and has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of David his servant, as he spoke by the mouth of his holy prophets from of old. Salvation from our enemies and from the hand of all who hate us to show mercy toward our fathers and to remember his holy covenant the oath which he swore to Abraham our father to grant us that we, being rescued from the hand of our enemies, might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all our days. And you, child, will be called the prophet of the Most High, for you will go on before the Lord to prepare his ways, to give to his people the knowledge of salvation by the forgiveness of their sins, because of the tender mercy of our God, with which the sunrise from on high will visit us to shine upon those who sit in darkness and the shadow of death to guide our feet into the way of peace. Well, my husband had never quite talked like that, and it was really quite a surprise. Well, my son continues to grow in strength in his body and in his spirit. As I said, I thought I was too old for these things, but oh, how so very wrong I was. Dreams can come true.
say 